I may have to put a helmet on or something if I fall off this this altar up here and get hurt. Um, I think if you guys haven't seen it yet, um, and you you'll get to see it more for, uh, Wednesday night than whenever we do the the Christmas play. But this uh, this looks really good, especially at night. Um, they got some other things to put in it, but I appreciate everybody that had a hand in, in decorating the church up and, and setting this up too. Um, you've got your bullet. Hopefully, y'all got bulletins. Um, the greatest thing I, I was looking at this a while ago, and the very first thing it says, "Ethan Church possibly coming home." Shoot, that's that's something else. Um, I talked about it a lot, and that's just. If you haven't ever seen a miracle before, if you've never seen God work, you just had, you just have with Him, and that's just a, talk about an answer prayer, prayer and a blessing there. So uh, continue to pray for Him and all the others that's listed there. Uh, Saturday for that Reads Across America, um, if we can be there at Mountain Home uh, Cemetery by 11:30, that'd be great. That way we can find each other and get together. Uh, unless y'all want to meet here and head over, what is it? How long does it take to get to Johnson City from here? Hour and a half? Hour and 15 minutes? Hour? Okay. We could, if y'all wanted to meet here at 1030 and everybody just kind of get together and go from, from here over to Mountain Home, uh, we can do that too. So if y'all want to meet here at 1030 Saturday morning, that'd be good and head over. And then there is no, there, we're not going to be in the parade. Saturday night, so Ron and Rick can't get their their acts together, so we're just not going to do it at all. And I mean, y'all can go be in the parade if you want to get all the candy and tracks, but we just won't represent that night. Um, it's not that hard to put a few people together. I'm not sure why they're making this so hard, so we're just not going to do it. Um, then the Christmas program is going to be next Sunday, so I'm looking forward to that. I guess I get to see that one today, don't I? All rise. No, I'm picking. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that to you. If you got your Bibles, turn over to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. I'm going to try my best to, to not block this up too much. I'm more worried about that crown thorns getting stuck in my leg than I am anything else. Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to look at some gifts today. Now, last Sunday we talked about one gift fits all. And we were talking about Jesus. And we're going to keep going on that same track about this gift that we have from God. The, the most precious, the greatest gift that has ever been bestowed upon us, that has ever been given to mankind is Jesus. And we're going to keep going... And, through um, probably, I don't know, maybe even the whole month of December, I don't know, but we'll, we'll look. But we're going to look at this gift again. We know Christmas is a time of giving. I mean, that's what it, that's kind of one of the reasons that I, I, I am not that big a fan of Christmas much anymore is it's because of the giving side of it. Not that I don't want to give, it's just that we have been so consumed with the giving and the receiving of Christmas that we have completely missed what Christmas is all about. We've, we have missed that it is about Jesus' birth. Amen. We've missed it. And, but the, we think about this time of year, it's about giving, which means if, there, if there's giving, there's going to be Christmas shopping. So we've got to shop. 
ever since those wise men uh, brought Jesus that gold and that frankincense and that myrrh, people have been giving gifts at Christmas as well. So it's because of those, what, what I, we call them, uh, Wednesday night we call them the wise guys. The wise guys giving gifts at Christmas. Those three, again, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So since then, we've been given. Of course, it's, it's much more complicated today than it was back in, in those days with the wise men. Uh, they didn't have Walmart. I think if they could look, uh, look forward or look back, I don't know, they'd be extremely thankful that there was not a Walmart. They didn't have to worry about standing in line and behind those impatient parents that are trying to get that last game or that last Apple product or whatever it is. Back then, they didn't have to worry about uh, sizes and colors and return policies. That just wasn't a thing. Back then, they didn't have to try to find the perfect Nerf gun or, or, or the, the perfect Lego set or anything to have to do with Paw Patrol. Some of y'all understand that one. Have y'all got there yet? Yeah, I know that one too well. All they had was just plain gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's all they had to offer. And it was the perfect gift for the perfect child, the perfect king, the perfect prince. It was perfect. That's all they needed to do. But there's one gift that we're going to talk about again tonight that meets everyone's needs. One gift that will never wear out. One gift that will never break. One gift that you'll never, ever, 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 ever want to return or exchange. You wouldn't want to return it and there's nothing to exchange it for. I mean, you really think about gifts. When we exchange it, what do we get? We get what we want. We exchange it for what we want. Well, there's nothing greater than the gift of Jesus. So if you wanted to, and you can't give it back, even when you receive it, you can't give it back, but you wouldn't want to give it back because there's nothing greater than Jesus out there. So we're going to look at these gifts, and we're going to look at, this gift, it's, the, it's an appropriate gift for children and teenagers and adults. It's the right gift. Like I said last week, one gift fits all. It's for all of us, boy or girl, man or woman, it don't matter. It's the appropriate, it's, it's a perfect gift. It's the gift that we all need. It's the most valuable gift of all. And I know when you're shopping, you, you try to find that good deal. And we try to get value in it, and we're always looking for those discounts, and we're always trying to, to make sure we can save pennies, save money. I, th I think Travis needs my helmet. <laughs> it's going to bring water to my eyes. <laughs> but we look for these, these gifts that, would be, that we, could, we can make a deal on, or, or we can get at a, at a reduced price or rate or... But we want it to be the perfect gift. Well, we can't find it here in a store. We're not going to be able to find it at the mall or at Target or anywhere else because it doesn't exist anymore, that perfect gift. But we do still have Jesus that we can get. it. Now, it's not the kind of gift that you can buy, and we're going to talk a lot more about that after a while, but it is the perfect gift that we're gonna, we all need. We've always talked about needs and wants. You really need this. You really need this gift. We celebrate that God gave us a gift of his son so that through faith we could be forgiven of our sins. That's what we're going to be celebrating today. If you've got your Bibles open, uh, stand with me just a moment. We're going to read Matthew tw uh, 2, 1 through 12. Matthew 2, 1 through 12. 
Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, and inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Let's pray. Father, this, this morning again, uh, we're thankful for this precious gift that you've given us. Lord, we're thankful uh, for all that you have given us, not just your son, but Lord, where you've blessed us so many times. Lord, where you've saved us when we felt like there was no rescue to be seen. Lord, we're thankful this morning that you love us and you care for us. Lord, we're thankful this morning that we are a child of the King. Father, I pray this morning as we uh, break open your word a little bit more, Lord, we look at these gifts, we look at not just these three gifts, Lord, but the main gift this morning, and that would be your son, Lord. And I pray that each one of us have in our hearts received this precious gift into our lives. Lord, we thank you for that sacrifice, for you sacrificing your son for us, old sinners. But Lord, we thank you more for that resurrection. Lord, we thank you for not keeping him uh, barred up in that tomb, Lord, but you've, you've seen fit, Lord, to roll that stone away and allow your son to step forth. Lord, we're just thankful for that. Lord, I pray again for those that may be sick today, Lord, that you would touch them. Uh, Lord, I want to lift up uh, Sharon Eisenhower to you this morning, Lord, a lady at the fire department that's got cancer going in tomorrow for uh, treatment uh, to have it removed. Lord, and I just want to lift her and that family up to you today, uh, Lord, that you would just have uh, a healing touch and a sweet peace to fall upon her. Lord, we thank you and we love you. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. Have a seat. This morning I'd like to, to make three points about this incredible priceless gift. And the first point I want to get at is the gift is Jesus himself. And I think, we, I think we've understood that so far. I, I'm pretty sure if you didn't get it last week, uh, you'll get it this week. But the gift, not just the gift, but the perfect gift is actually Jesus himself. And I think that's a great thing. The gift God offers all of us is to know Jesus. That's what he wants. That's his desire for us. He wants every man, woman, and child in the world to know Jesus. They want, he wants them to know his son. We go all the way back to John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The world. He did not say for God so loved Israel, 
that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't say, for God so loved North America that he would give his only begotten son. It said, for God so loved the world. So the world is able to receive the perfect gift. The world, man, woman, child, it doesn't matter when they reach the age of accountability or if they're 117 years old, it doesn't matter. He said the world, and he is looking at every single one of us when he says that, both way back when and way back in the, in the, in the future. He sees us all, and he wants us all to receive that gift. He, here's God, what God wants from us. God wants us to know his son Jesus as a friend. He wants us to have that friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. I love that song. What a friend we have. In, and that's what God wants. He said, I want you to have a friend. We've all got friends. Every one of us has at least one friend somewhere around here. We've got a friend. But God said, I want you to have a better friend than that friend. God said, I want you to have almost, I would say, the perfect friend. I want you to have a friend that will never stab you in the back. I want you to have a friend that will never run away from you. I want you to have a friend that you can confide in. I want you to have a friend that will love you. He said, so here's my son. Here's a friend that you can have. And here's a friend that will never leave you. Here's a friend that will never run away from you when you're in trouble. Here's a friend that's going to sit right beside of you whenever you have issues in your life. Here's a friend that when you have struggles and hard times, here's a friend that's going to get even closer to you than you than he was beforehand. So when you need someone to turn to, here's a friend. Here's my son. Here is Jesus. He came and he walked and he died for you and he spent time on earth with some people for a little while. And he experienced all the things that you're going through in your life right now. He experienced it, so he knows what you're going through. Here is a friend. Here is my son. That's what God wants. He wants you to have that relationship with with his son. The gift God offers us is to be known by and to be loved by Jesus. What a gift to be loved by Jesus. There ain't no better gift out there. You ain't going to find one. There ain't no deals like that. John 15, 15 says, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. John 17, 3 says, In this life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. That's what he wants. He wants you to know him. Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you received that gift? Have you received that gift? It's a precious gift. Beats anything you've ever got for your birthday. Beats anything you've ever got for Christmas. Beats any surprise present that you ever got in your life. Do you have that gift? Have you received that gift? Do you understand what a sacrifice God made by sending his son? And have you accepted that gift? That's, that's a big question. It's, do you have that kind of relationship with him? I mean, really, do you have the kind of relationship with Jesus that God wants us to have with him? I mean, the kind of friend, not the kind that, uh, uh, that you just call every, you know, every few weeks or every month or so, but the kind of relationship, this is what God wants, the kind of relationship that you have that every single moment of your life 
when you have that question, when you have that problem in your life, that you can just turn around and say, hey, Jesus, can you help me out? Hey, Jesus, I need a little guidance right now. Hey, Jesus, what would you do? What would you do? What would you have me to do in this situation? I need your help. Do you have that, that kind of relationship with him, that gift? Have you received it so that you have that? And do you know him as a friend? We know Jesus. I, there's probably not many people in this world that don't know about Jesus. We, I think everybody can say they know about Jesus. But what God wants to know is do you know Jesus in your heart? Do you have that kind of relationship with him? Do, is it deep down? Uh, I was reading it this, this week, and this guy wrote, he said, do you feel like you have to rush around cleaning up your spiritual house before you can welcome him in? You know how it is when you got company coming, somebody calls, says, I'm going to be there in about an hour or two to see you. What do you do? You sprint into cleaning mode. You start cleaning the house up. Don't, most people, I think, would. They run around. If it's not already clean, they run around to get it ready. But he says, do you feel like you have to rush around cleaning up your spiritual house before you can welcome Jesus in? You don't have to clean yourself up. You, you go back and you look at the people in the Bible that came to Jesus. They came sinning, sinning all. They came filth and all. Body parts falling off from leprosy, they still came to him. Woman with blood, issue of blood, she still came to him. Those beggars, those prostitutes, all those, those dirty people that were in the Bible, they didn't go take a shower and put on their Sunday best to come see Jesus. What did they do? They came to him sin and all. They came to him filth and all. They came to him rags and all. And they turned, he turned them rags to riches because that's what he does. He'll take an old, dirty, raggy, raggedy, filthy sinner like me, and he gave me riches beyond my, my dreams, beyond measure. He gives me riches that are being stored up right now in heaven. I can't see them. I don't know what I got. I might not have many, but I got a few. And he says, I'm going to take that old, dirty, filthy, raggy Chad Cole, and I'm going to clean him up, and I'm going to give him some treasures. And the more that he does for my kingdom, the more that he does for me, he'll just keep adding to them, adding to that stash up there. And then I get to see him for just a brief moment because I don't want him. I ain't hanging on to that stuff. I didn't earn him. I don't deserve him. Jesus deserves him. And so I'm just going to rake him all over. I'm going to give him everything I got. It might not be much, but it's going to be all his when I get there. That's what he wants from us, to have a relationship, that, to receive that gift, that gift. And I love preaching this right now because there ain't no baby in that manger. I like that because that baby didn't stay in that manger. That baby didn't stay on earth very long. He's up there with the Father. This morning, maybe, maybe the, the Christian life that, that we're talking about sounds a little strange to talk about. It might, some people might say it sounds a little strange the way you talk about Jesus. It's, it's strange that you talk about him like he's flesh and blood, like he can hear you and like you can see him. A lot of people think that. They think we're crazy. Y'all know, know that? People think Christians are crazy. If they don't believe in God, if they've never accepted Jesus, that's a, that's a, that's a choir bunch of people right there. Well, they can't see him and they talk to him. He's not there with them and he listens to them. Yeah, he does. He hears every word that comes out of my heart. 
and out of my mouth. He might not be physically sitting here with me right now, but he is right here inside of me. I got him right here in my heart through the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, we might be crazy. We're called a peculiar, peculiar bunch of people. We are. And that's fine. I'm a crazy Christian, I guess. I don't mind it. I don't care what they call me. We don't claim to, to, to see visions. All right? we, we, we don't claim to hear things. We know he speaks to us in a still, small voice. I know that. I've heard it. But we're not crazy. We know that he exists. We know that he talks to us. We know that he hears us. That's all that. So no, I'm not crazy. He's present. I want to make sure I stay on track. He's present. His spirit is with us. So when we pray, he hears us. When we read the scripture, folks, that's when he talks to us. Monday night when I was up at the Capitol and that... uh, Barry Black, who's the uh, Senate chaplain up there, great man of God, even though he's Seventh-day Adventist, still a great man of God. And he talked about something Monday night that I've never, I've never really heard somebody talk about the way he did, and he was very adamant about this. And he, he challenged us to pray the Scripture one hour a day. He said, just when you're praying, he said, sometimes you just don't know what to say. He said, but you open up your Bible. And for an hour straight, he said, you start praying scripture. Start reading that scripture out as you're praying. And he said, God will speak to you. He'll talk to you. I might not have to do it for an hour at a time, but I know when I open this thing up and I get to going through it and I get to studying, I know he talks to me, whether it be for a minute, 10 minutes, whatever it might be, 30 seconds. I know he talks to me. So no, I'm not crazy. I know his, his spirit lives in me. I've got the Holy Spirit inside of me. And that's fine. People still think we're crazy. That's all right. First John 1 3 says, That which he back up, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. That's fellowship. That's good stuff right there. Some people think Christianity is nothing more than than a set of difficult responsibilities, a set of of rules, a set of do's and don'ts, more don'ts than do's. That's what people think. And it's not like that. We've got rules that we need to try to follow. We've got the Ten Commandments that we try to follow, even though, yeah, that's Old Testament stuff, but, hey, we still try to follow it. But because we have the Holy Spirit in us, He helps us discern right from wrong, and He convicts us. The Holy Spirit convicts us when we shouldn't be doing something. When we know something's wrong, it's going to say, don't do it. Stop doing that. He smacks you on the hand. He says, stop it. We've, we know that. But a lot of people think that there's no fun in being a Christian. It, it convicts us when I'd rather be in bed sleeping on Sunday morning than to be sitting there listening to that preacher. Some people don't like that. That's not what Jesus wants. Jesus wants us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves. Jesus wants us to be in fellowship with one another, whether it be here at Chestnut Dell or wherever else you want to go. He wants us to be together and in fellowship with one another. So being a Christian, yes, there are some do's and don'ts out there. But the benefits are pretty good. 
The benefits are great. A uh, guy said uh, this week when I was studying, he said, uh, if they see Christianity more positively, they might see it as benefits it can bring. Yes, 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 yes. There are benefits to having a relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I, I firmly believe that. You've got to have that relationship, though, to have the, the benefits, but you don't need to focus on those benefits, all right? He kept going. He said, uh, like improved relationships, stronger marriages, guidance in raising kids, strength to deal with hard times, and that's true, but even those benefits right there miss the mark. All right, you've got to have that relationship. It's, it is the relationship that you have with Jesus. That's what matters. That gift that God gave us, his son Jesus Christ, to have the relationship with that gift, that's what matters. And then after that, those benefits. After we get that relationship, those benefits come to us. And we're going to receive all that peace that we have absolutely no un understanding of. That peace that passes all understanding, we're going to receive it. And we're going to receive a love that, there it went. We're going to receive a love that we have never felt before. And we're going to receive blessings that we don't know what to do with. Lord, you just keep pouring it out on me. What have I done to deserve this? And he says, you've been faithful. He said, you've tithed when you didn't have much to tithe, but you still gave. So I'll bless you for that. And you witness to this individual over here that's struggling, and you prayed with them, and they come to know me. And you're just going to get these little blessings here and there, and you go and you do for me in my name. And so here's another blessing, and here's another blessing. So yeah, there's benefits to being a believer. There's benefits to having that relationship, and I'm all right with those. But it ain't about the benefits. It's about the relationship. We've got to have the relationship with that gift. And the best way, I don't, under, I don't know if I can do it, do it justice or not, but the best way to think about it, your greatest gift, if, you've have, if you have kids or grandkids or kids in your life, the greatest gift that, that you can give a child is not what you wrap up in a box. It's not what you give them at, on a birthday or at Christmas. That's not the greatest gift. The most valuable thing that you can offer them is that relationship. Your love and your care, your time and attention, your commitment is always being there for them. That's, what, that's, that's the great thing that you can give them. Everything else flows from that. Everything else flows from that, from that relationship that you have with them. So the same thing with God. In the same way, God's greatest gift to us is a relationship with Jesus and a relationship with him through his son, Jesus. That's the greatest. To have that relationship, that's a great gift to have. Number two, the gift has great value. Even though there's truly nothing, there's nothing more desirable than knowing Jesus, many people just can't see it. They've got issues with it. They can't, they can't, they don't have those spiritual eyes like we have. At some point, the scales fell off of our eyes. At some point on our Damascus road, God shook us up. At some point when we're going to Damascus, God stopped us dead in our tracks, and he shone a little light on us, a lot of light on us, and we got some scales on our eyes. But at some point, we had an Ananias come in our lives and witness to us and pray for us and give us a little bread, a little meat, the word of God, and our scales fell off. And we was able to see him clearly. 
We could see Jesus as clear as day. We knew he was there. And we was able to cry out to him, Lord. Lord, Lord. Just like Paul did or Saul at that time. At some point, we were just like that. Their eyes, these people, their eyes haven't opened up. And I truly believe what the Bible says about being drawn by the Holy Spirit. They just ain't there yet. They're, they haven't been drawn yet. They look in that manger and what do they see? They glance over in there. They don't see no king in there. I just see old baby in there. That's all I see. That's the way they look at it. Just a baby. They don't see the savior of the world. They don't see the mighty God, the king of kings, the prince of peace. They don't see Emmanuel in that crib or in that manger. They just see a baby. They've missed it. They don't see anything special at all because they don't have the eyes of faith that they need. Those scales are still blocking their view. We need to be that Ananias in someone's life. We need to be that person to sit down with that person that only sees a baby in a manger and say, you're missing something. You're missing something great. You're missing a great gift right there because all you see is flesh and bone. There's a lot more there than just some flesh and bone. There's a lot more there than just an old wet diaper. There's something more there than just a baby that's hungry. There's something there that can save your life. There's something in that manger that you need to have a relationship with. There's something in that manger that's a greater gift than anything you'll ever experience in your life. There's something there. You've got to open your eyes so that you can see it. All they can see is that ordinary little old baby. So they pass by that manger, and instead of, uh, of seeing the baby, they see the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh. That's all they see. And I promise you, I won't harp on this, but I'll just say this. The gold, frankincense, and myrrh was not around the manger, just so you know. Just so you know. We won't harp on it, though. They don't want the baby. What do they want? They want the presence. That's what people want nowadays. They don't want that baby. I want the presence that go along with it. I want that gold that's over here. And I'd like to have a little bit of that frankincense that's over here. And maybe a little myrrh, too. Kind of morbid, but I'll take it anyway. I want the presence, not the baby. They want the presence, not the prince. They want the presence, not the king. They want the presence, not a relationship. They've missed it. They have completely missed the mark. What's more valuable? Toys that are going to fall apart or a relationship with the king that will never, ever, ever, ever fail you? I don't know in my house right now if I have one toy that is left. No, I have one. I do have one. Monk, monk. I don't know if I have anything else in my house that's lasted me through my childhood. It got destroyed. I tore it up. It rusted. It fell apart. But do you know what? That gift that I received on October 27th, 1997, that's still lasting. It ain't corroded. It ain't falling apart. I didn't have to, to turn it in on a warranty and exchange it. It still lasts. And it's just as new right now as it was 22 years ago. That's what we need, that kind of relationship. Matthew 13, 44 says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to treasure hid in a field, 
that which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man, seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Knowing Jesus is worth more than anything else in this world. Knowing Jesus is worth more than everything else in this world. There's nothing else out there. But, and it ain't just the knowing, it's the knowing. You got to get it from here to here. That 17 inches of separation there between heaven and hell, 17 inches from, from hell to heaven, that's all it is. But you got to know it. You got to have it here, and you got to have that relationship. And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to have that relationship with His Son. You'll never be disappointed. If I was to, to take a poll from every true Christian that's out there, and I'd send out a survey monkey, and I'd say, it's a real thing. I'd send out that survey monkey, and I'd say, all right, all you Christians, who's disappointed in Jesus? I guarantee you, if they're a true Bible-believing Christian, I'd get 100% back. Not me. Not me. I'm not disappointed in him. I ain't got nothing to be disappointed. I'm so impressed with what he has done for me. I, I don't deserve his blessings. I don't deserve anything he's done with me. So no, I am not disappointed with Jesus one bit. You ain't going to find nobody. I'm not. I'll tell you that. I'm not disappointed in it. He's that treasure. He's, the, he's that great pearl of value that, that we're talking about. We was reading Matthew. He's a great pearl of value. God's gift to us, that child in a manger, is worth more than anything we could ever possess, ever. 2 Corinthians 9.15 from last week says, Thanks be unto God for the unspeakable gift. Thanks be to God for that unspeakable gift. I can't describe it like we said last week. There's no word in the dictionary for me to use to describe that gift. So, hey, Paul says, let's just call it unspeakable. Let's just, that's the best way to do it. Let's just call it unspeakable. I can't describe it. Number three. This is the big one. The gift must be received. The gift, that gift, it must be received. And this is totally up to you. It's available for anyone, anyone out there, and, and, and God ain't going to force it on anyone. God ain't going to be that parent sitting in church with that young and that drags them up to the aisle and makes them be saved. Because that don't happen. You can't do that. There's, uh, there's probably more people going to hell from their parents dragging them to the altar to say that they got saved and make them get saved than there are from people rejecting Christ. You can't do that to a kid. You'll scare them into hell and out of heaven. We can't do that. God tells us. He ain't going to force it on us. It's free will. If you want it, you can have it. And kind of like Keith was talking about this morning, I can't understand why people would not want that. Them atheists. Why would they deny it? Why would they reject it? Why would you not want this? And like he said this morning, if they could, if they could once they met God, if they could have a split second to run back to earth and accept him, they'd do it. But they can't. Because God's going to tell them, depart from me, for I know you're not. And they're gone. They're gone. They're gone to hell. And they ain't coming back. 
but they'll be like that rich man. He said, if you just give me a drop of water. And hey, while you're at it, if you, do you mind, can you tell my brothers what's going on down here? And I don't want them to be no part of this. I don't want them here. I wouldn't put this on my worst enemy. This is a place of torture and torment. I can't take this. Get me out of here. But they can't. And they're still there. And we'll be forever. This gift, if you'll accept it, if you'll receive it yourself, it's free. Amen. We have to receive it, though. We have to take the package the op- and open the box and accept it on our own. You've got to take this and accept it on your own. Not dragging, kicking, and screaming to the altar. Each of us have to make that decision to receive Christ. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, remember that part right there, received him. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Not all who heard about him. I don't find that in my Bible. And not all who agreed about his teachings. That's not in there either. Or all who attended church, or all who had, had tried to follow the golden rule. You know, we've all messed that one up here or there. It says, all who received him. It's not the ones that believed on his works, but it's the ones that received him into their hearts as a gift. They received the package. They received that gift from God. They opened it up, and they've done something with it. Some people think that God's love has to be earned, which is a shame because I can't do enough to earn that gift. I can't do enough to earn his love. Some think that we have to do something to deserve his forgiveness. And we do have to do something to to get that forgiveness. We have to ask for him to forgive us. That's all we got to do. That's all he asked us to do. He said, just ask me. Just ask me. I'll forgive you, but you just need to ask me. Some feel like we have to have to somehow be good enough to merit his acceptance. You think about it. Could you? Could you? Could you earn his acceptance? Ain't, ain't no way. Mike, Keith, y'all couldn't build a fancier, nice enough house for someone to earn it. Travis couldn't sell enough insurance to earn it. Nat couldn't grow enough in his garden. And, and build enough things in his, uh, out of his building to earn it. Carolyn, you couldn't tie enough wreaths in this world to earn it. Think about it. We can't. There's nothing that we can do, and that's why people think we're crazy, because we, they feel like we have to buy it or earn it. And God said, no, absolutely not. It's free. Here it is. Just say, yeah, I'll take it. Just say, yes, I receive it. Yes, I believe on your son, Jesus Christ. I believe that he was born of a virgin. I believe that he died, and I believe he was resurrected, and I believe he's still at the side of his father right now. Yes, I believe it. Yes, I receive it. Yes, I accept it. I will confess with my tongue. I believe in my heart. I know that I know that I know. People think we're crazy. Imagine if your spouse or your child's tried to pay you for a gift if I was to give Abby or Paisley or Maria a gift if I, if I go get them something nice not a hamster 
if I get them something nice and I, and I give it to them, and I say, Paisley, here's a gift from me to you. And she said, thanks, here you go, here's some cash. I'll pay you for it. That, that, that does not become a gift. They just bought themselves something, but it's not a gift. It's a gift from my heart to her or them. You've got to receive it. And that's all he asks us to do. You don't have to pay me a dime for Jesus. You don't have to do a thing for me to receive him. Just receive him. Just to open up that package and receive him. Maybe open that gift up that God gave you a long time ago, years ago, but lately it's just been sitting up on the shelf. I think it's time that we pull God down off that shelf and we start using him the way he's intended to be used. I say we take Jesus and we put him out in front of us everywhere we go. I say we put on Jesus everywhere we go. Get him down, knock the dust off of him and use him the way he's intended to be used as a Lord and Savior, as a guiding light, as a lamp unto our feet. Let's use him the way that he is supposed to be used. Let's ask him to help us when we are in need of help. Let's ask him to love us when we feel like we're unlovable. But as long as he's on that shelf and we forgot about him, he's not getting, he's not getting used the way he's supposed to be. So let's, let's take him down off that shelf. Maybe for you the gift is still under a tree this morning. And I'm not talking about that tree, which is gorgeous, by the way. I'm talking about that gift of Jesus. Every one of us have an opportunity to open up that gift of Jesus Christ if we want it. And we ain't going to send it back. Once you get it, you don't want to send it back. You're not going to wrap that thing back up and say, can you, can you find me another something different? You're not going to want to do that. You're going to want to hang on to it. Amen. Everybody remember when you got saved? Do you remember how you felt? You just want to tell everybody? It's like at Christmas morning for kids, some kids, they receive one or two gifts, and all they want to do is tell everybody. I remember growing up, I always had to call my grandma early, my, mom, my dad's mom. No matter what I got, big or little, lots or little, I'd always call Grandma Verley. This is what I got for Christmas. But we all want to still need to do that. This is what I got. This is the gift that I received. Hey, it wasn't on Christmas. It's actually closer to Halloween. But hey, I got a great gift, and its name is Jesus. He's my Lord, Amen. and He's my Savior. Hey, He's my friend. I got the best friend on earth when I got saved. Don't leave Jesus on a shelf. Don't leave him under a tree. We need to take him, open him up, receive him, and let him work in our lives. And let him use us the way that we've been intended to be used. As disciples, as Christians, as brothers and sisters, let's open him up and let him work with us. Everybody stand with me. We're going to close out. I want you to remember something. That gift from God, that gift from God has a name tag on it with your name on it. That gift from God right there has a name tag on it. You guys ever, ever got a present that didn't have a name tag on it and you wonder what it is? 
You don't have to wonder about this one. You don't have to wonder about this. For God so loved the world that he put a name tag on that gift. For God so loved the world that he wrote every single person's name on that gift card, or on that name card. Every one of us received the exact same gift. One person didn't get a little more Jesus than the other. One person didn't get a little bit more love than the other. One person ain't going to get more blessings than the other. We all have the exact same gift across the board, and we all have our name on that gift. But it's up to you to receive that gift. Father, this evening I want to come to you, Father, on behalf of anyone here that may have a tugging on their heart. Lord, if there be one here today, Father, that hasn't opened up that gift that you've given them, that free gift that you have given them, Lord, I pray that today that through your word, through the drawing of that Holy Spirit, Father, I pray that they come to know and accept. Father, if there be one here today that's, that's put your love up on the shelf, Lord, that someone here that has, Lord, that they're saved, they've got a relationship with you, but Lord, they just haven't trusted in you in years. I, I, Father, I pray today that they would pull you down off that shelf. Lord, they'd blow the dust off of it. Lord, they'd put you before them and allow you to continue to, to lead the way in their lives. God, we thank you for this, this season. Lord, we thank you for this time of year where we can stop and, and think about the sacrifice that you made by sending your son. Lord, the, the, the hurt and the heartache I'm sure that you went through, knowing that in just a few short years, he'd be crucified. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for this free gift that you've given us. We thank you for salvation that each one of us has. And Lord, I pray that as we continue to go through this season, this, this Christmas season, that we keep our eye focused on that, that cross. And Lord, we know what, how, we know how that cross got filled through that manger. We love you and we thank you. We praise you for all that you're doing. All that's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, if you're doing the Christmas play, hang out. If not, we'll see you Wednesday night.